Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Mr. WrestleTalk and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo. Hi, Denise. Very happy to be here with you today, Mr. WrestleTalk. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's dive straight into the show because we've got a lot to talk about today, including uh, this rumor, or potential rumor that Tessa Blanchard may be on her way to WWE and Ricochet, apparently not, although we probably think he is. Here is the show. been incredibly busy i actually started my day off like at 6 30 in the morning and it has been non-stop all day i posted an instagram selfie today and usually i stick around see how many likes i get you know basic basic female stuff and turns out that i completely forgot about it logged on to instagram right now and i was like wait why am i getting all of these notifications i that's how busy the day has been i forgot i even posted a selfie First world also, problems. First world problems. But also, congratulations to you on your one year at Fightful as well. You had your podiversary with Sean this past Monday. I did. And I had my, I completely blew my blue chew read. It was <laughs> horrendous. It was so bad. I wanted to cry. So funny. <laughs> <It was> so funny. <laughs> I haven't laughed that much. Like, I, I really enjoyed that, but I also enjoy, I enjoyed you not being able to say the word sitcom. Oh my God. Yes. So I said, sit, come. <laughs> and then when Sean was like, he, I didn't realize what I had said. And he was like, he's, he's pointed it out. And I was, I literally looked at him and I was like, what? I honestly did not realize what I had said. And even afterwards, I, sh I had to go on Google search and I was like, how do I say it? And I was like, it's sit, come. And even sit, then come. I have to put a lot of thought into saying that word. It's horrible. <laughs> So don't say sick come. Yes, don't send your Patreon mailbag questions for next week's show, asking Denise to constantly ask answer questions about sitcoms. Anyway, right, let's dive into the big news from this week. So this is an interesting one to kick us off with here. These images were shared by Tiger Driver. So this is from the new WWE Battlegrounds game uh, that's currently out at the moment. Um, and there's an interesting image that, that appeared on this, which is this image here. Now, 
this would seem fairly innocuous. It's just sort of like a little training thing on how to do the Royal Rumble. But down in the bottom right-hand corner here is this image, which is quite clearly Tessa Blanchard. Like, it is the exact same image of Tessa Blanchard from when she won the Impact World title. Wow. It's so weird that she is like that. And like the, the, the guy who took the, the photograph, uh, Basil um, Mamad, uh, tweeted out saying like, you know, like, hey, how is my image being used in this game without my permission? Uh, because, it's, you know, it is a sketch of the image and like he, he wasn't contacted about it or they weren't contacted about it. So it's just like really bizarre. And it's interesting because Tessa is a, currently a free agent. You know, she's been rumored that she's going to be going to WWE since she left Impact Wrestling and vacated the title. Now, her addition, addition in the game doesn't mean that she is for sure signed. But we have seen over the years that like wrestlers appearing in the WWE video games has led to them either coming back or, you know, in the case of like, you know, in the case of Warrior uh, and, and Angle coming back, in the case of Sting, actually signing with WWE. Yeah, it's very surprising. But first of all, like going back to the photographer, I hope that he gets his, you know, royalties from that because, you know, we're all starving artists, whether you're a creator and like you're a painter, whether you're a podcast, whatever it is that you're doing, we tend to, you know, struggle a little bit more. So hopefully that all gets resolved for him. But in terms of Tessa Blanchard, I mean, I feel that she would benefit so, so much, not just her, but the entire company from having Tessa Blanchard on the roster with N if she were to go to NXT. I mean, it's Tessa Blanchard. She's arguably the best female wrestler out there. I mean, she's top notch. She is one of the best wrestlers, period. So sort of having her be a part of the NXT roster, I think would be amazing. However, I do think that AEW would need Tessa Blanchard a whole lot more. So even though nothing has been confirmed, I really do think that wherever Tessa Blanchard ends up, it's really going to depend on her attitude and how she's feeling at, you know, that current state and time. I was going to say, yeah, like with Blanchard does come the baggage of, of, of signing a Tessa Blanchard because she has got a lot of like, you know, backstage heat with some people. There were a lot of things that were written and said about her when she won the Impact title. And those haven't really gone away. Like they are sort of like they will probably be with her for a long time. But recently I we did our Patreon podcast, which actually went live today. Uh, myself and Mr. Davis reviewing All In from 2018. And in that four-way, where it's Blanchard, Chelsea Green, um, Madison Rain, and Britt Baker, like Blanchard is the star of that foursome. Like she is, like she just feels like on a complete different level to everyone else. And it's it's funny, like the you know the rumors this year were that she was going to be signed by WWE, but straight onto the main roster and like put into this big program with Charlotte. And they were talking about you know WrestleMania programs for her and like you know pushing her as like the next big thing in their women's division. So I can see WWE making a big big play for for tessa blanchard and it's i think it's it's interesting then that she has kind of featured in a way in this new game and yeah you know we've all heard the stories about tessa blanchard but who's to say you know people change people grow maybe she has a new perspective on things we don't know and obviously all of the social media stuff that happened to her not that happened to her because obviously they were justified based on the stories that we heard but it is sort of that thing where it's like well how do you shake something like that off it's not something you could get rid of but mm. 
it would, you know, the thing that you mentioned about Tessa Blanchard standing out to you from all the women, I honestly feel like it doesn't, you look at her wrestle and she doesn't wrestle like every other female out there. She has a very different dynamic when it comes to how she goes into the ring. Just everything she does comes with a different type of intensity and a different type of, I don't even know, like this presence that she brings into each move that she does. And if she were to go to WWE, I definitely see her. I mean, yeah, she would do amazing things in NXT, but I can definitely see them, you know, saying like, hey, like she's a main roster person. Let's put her up there because she's one of those women that would have phenomenal matches with Charlotte Flair, Asuka. I mean, you name it, pretty much every uh, female on that roster. And they have so many women right now. They can do so many different matchups. So uh, Tessa Blanchard is a win-win. Yeah, and actually to echo what you said earlier in regards to her going to AEW, like, you know, I, I think AEW would love to have someone like Blanchard on there because they do need some, yeah, unfortunately, they do need some star presence in their in their women's division. And it's, you know, the report came out yesterday from Sean Rossap over on Fightful Select that the, the match between Eva Elise and Thunder Rosa on this week's Dynamite actually was like, it was legit fighting at one point because... Thunder Rosa was like laying in her punches because she wants to make the you know protect the NWA and make the NWA titles feel important. But Eva Lee started to no sell it because she thought that she was starting to stiff her and stuff. And apparently there was like a backstage altercation between. Them. So like, I I think like the the women's division was like if if I mean I don't know what I'm, I'm the point I'm trying to make here, but like. Eva Lee is there at the moment, and she is someone who comes with her own baggage. And like, she is always like, everyone has always said, like, Eva Lee is an incredible talent, but she is her own worst enemy. Like, do you then want to add Tessa Blanchard into that mix? I hope that you know that that, that Tessa has come to the other side of this as a better person. But but here's the thing, been- though, and not to like make this go extra long, but here's the thing, though, when someone is that good, like Tessa Blanchard, don't you sort of, I mean, depending on the person, work up some sort of like, you know, ego where if someone tells you do this and yeah. you're like, no, I'm too good for that. If anything, that's kind of a, I kind of see that as a pro. I mean, not always, but that the match with uh, Ivalice and Thunder Rosa, that was very interesting because that match, I was most drawn to Ivalice. Elise. And when Thunder Rosa went for the tombstone, I noticed that it took her a really long time to sort of set it up to the point where it was very noticeable. And, you know, it kind of took me away from the match for a second. So I definitely am very like, you know, not surprised, but it is very interesting to hear that all of this went down in the match. So who knows what that trigger point was? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everyone was sharing that gif yesterday of the moment when she was trying to, she was uh, hold, like locking the arms when she was sat down and someone brilliantly described it as like trying to get your five-year-old to put on their clothes when they're not, when they're, 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 they're acting up and you're trying to get them to go to school. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's, that's well said. Uh, right, so the other big bit of news uh, is that earlier in this week, uh, WrestleVotes tweeted, I can't reveal the name as that's not smart business, but I can very confidently say that a certain WWE talent has decided not to re-sign with the company once their current deal expires. Uh, and Rovert then reported that that name was Ricochet. However, Ricochet ha- himself has tweeted a gif uh, from the Wolf of Wall Street where uh, he's going, I'm not going anywhere, and then replied, but seriously, where the hell did these rumors start? I've never said once that I'm leaving to anyone. So these dirt sheets out there, maybe fact check, maybe fact checks before you blast some trash on your website for some clicks. So yeah, according to this, Ricochet is not the man who's on his way out. 
See, here's the thing about that. Whenever I see a guy or a talent basically say like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah, a lot of times people are wrong. But for the most part, I've seen that a lot of the guys who say, oh, this rumor is wrong, it ends up being right, like most of the time. So because he said that, it's kind of like, okay, I respect you and all, but I'm now leaning more towards the fact that you may actually, you know, be leaving. Uh, But in terms of Ricochet, you know, unfortunately, you know, he's a very, very athletic guy, very talented, can do these crazy things with his body. But the thing is that in WWE, he's already been slotted. Where he's at right now, I can't see them, you know, pushing him any further or, you know, sort of getting him in a different spot on the roster. He's already kind of where I think they think his potential is. So, I mean, if you're not happy, might as well, you know, you don't have to stay. You can go and do whatever else you want, especially right now when you're at the age that you can still do it, when your body can still do it. And I mean, he would be fantastic. And not just AEW, but New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, AEW isn't the only option out there. So I think that if he's, if he's, you know, not creatively, not creatively fulfilled, but if he's just not fulfilled in the company, then by all means, go and try something else, try something new. And, you know, watching Raw every single week, like Ricochet hasn't had really, I mean, maybe last week was like the biggest moment that he's had where he was going, uh, you know, cutting this great promo on Cedric Alexander and the Hurt business. But about besides that, we really haven't been able to see much of him. And it's unfortunate because he's that guy where, you know, you, you put him out in front of children or in front of fans, new fans, casual audiences, they see him wrestle and everybody's like, ooh, ah, this guy is great. And the guys that can get those oohs and ahs really end up working well for the company because people... People like that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Like he's a guy that they labeled him with the superheroes can be real gimmick. Like that was his thing. He was saying it in like every promo. It's like, I'm going to go out there and prove that superheroes can be real. And so I'm going to put that out there. I thought that was a dumb, dumb phrase to put on someone. It made him sound like a dumb, dumb person. <laughs> with that said, he is a real life superhero and he can literally go out there and he can be like, as you said, like kids just like gravitate towards him because he's got this presence about him. He looks cool. He sounds cool. He's got a cool sounding name. He's got cool entrance music with that the, the gun sound effect. And then he goes out there and does these amazing like flips and stuff and he just feels awesome and it's a real shame that his career in wwe outside of nxt has just been you are small like that is that is what we're labeling you as you are small you got to go and have your wwe championship match with brock lesnar at the saudi arabia show but it's going to go 10 seconds and you're not going to get any offense in whatsoever Exactly. And I think that, you know, when he was teaming with Cedric, they could have easily marketed their tag team to be somebody like the Hardy Boys, where they're that extreme team, you know, obviously not identical to the Hardy Boys, but they could have given them that, you know, these are the high flyers of the company. Like, you never know what crazy things they're going to do when they're out there. And so they could have been marketed a lot differently, I think. Yeah, like Kendrick and London, you know, just sort of like, yes, there you go. Of that team, and like you know, they got really over in a, in an era when like WWE hated tag team wrestling. I mean, they still hate tag team wrestling now, but like when Ken- like Kendrick and London held the belts for like five years or something, and no one ever really cared about the title right? But kids really liked the team, and you know, really popped for them. To also echo your point as well, as soon as Ricochet said, "Yeah, it's definitely not me. I've no idea where these dirt sheets are getting their reports from," I was like, "Oh, it probably is you, though, isn't it, Ricochet?" Because like you know, lest we forget. FTR on the Talk is Jericho podcast admitted 
that they were also being those guys who were just like, it's not us. We don't want to leave. We don't want to go to AEW. And then we're like, yeah, but really, we were already asking for our release because we wanted to go to AEW. Wow. You see, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. You can't fool me, okay? And also, like, I sometimes get, like, when, you know, it's very, it's a very popular thing to sort of attack the dirt sheets, attack the dirt sheets. And if you think about it, like, that's, I almost feel like wrestling is really, like, the only place where you see the talent attack the dirt sheets. And I almost feel like not, yeah, there are dirt sheets, I get it, but there are so many other media outlets that, you know, they're not dirt sheets. They're reporting the best that they possibly can. And maybe I'm biased because I work for, like, a bunch of them, but, you know. But I just think like, you know, I, I really wish that that would stop being a thing because it's like, if this person isn't talking about you, who's going to talk about you? Who's going to talk about what you're doing on the show? Who's going to talk about whether or not you're going to this company or staying here or your contracts here? Like, you know, just Jared isn't going to do that. There's got to be somebody that's focusing on, you know, wrestling. Absolutely, yeah. There are there are smart wrestlers out there who really know how to play the the dirt sheet game. Like I think Heyman was very good at that in the nineties. Like he was effectively feeding Meltzer stories, so that Meltzer would report those stories and effectively help other guys. Like he would say, like, oh, they're having conversation with WCW, WWF read that, and they're like, oh, okay, well, we need to get onto that guy now because apparently he's already having talks with the other company. So there are people who are very smart at playing the game. But yeah, I think there is this almost, yeah, just playing the. I hate the dirt sheets. Dirt sheets are killing the business, this, that, and the other. And like, if anything, like the dirt sheets have only ever improved, like not improve the business, but help like grow the business and sort of like get the words out, get things. You know, people like Ricochet and Osprey, like that match that they had was helped massively by social media, but also by people like Meltzer and Sean and all these people talking about that match. Yeah. So I will tell you, when I was at PCW Ultra, like, maybe last year they did this thing where they had the mc go around and ask people and it, this is like a very crowded indie event here in southern california they had you know the mc go around and ask people like hey how'd you find out about us blah 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 so they put the mic on one guy and this guy was from i think he was from ireland and they asked him like what are you doing here and he's like oh dave Meltzer said that i should check out you know pcw ultra so i did and here i am and i just thought holy moly like that is crazy that you know someone's influence can you know persuade someone to go check something out and so you just never know like the kind of impact that you know these dirt sheets could be having on on people they could go check things out they can hear like oh this match was really good it was five stars or whatever then that person will be like you know what i gotta check this match out if people are saying it's so good people got fomo you gotta feed off the fomo <laughs> <laughs> but anyway point of the story is we think it's ricochet ricochet's probably leaving and him denying it probably means it's him <laughs> yes and uh, lastly, before we get into the mailbag, just looking at the viewing figures from the Wednesday Night War. It's the first time in like a few weeks that we've actually had like the Wednesday Night War because they've been on opposite nights. They've been like, and it's been a while. So AEW won out 886,000 viewers, which obviously was down from the million that they did last week. And NXT uh, averaged six, 600,080, sorry. 689,000 viewers. I can do numbers, um, which is down 17.8% uh, from running unopposed last Tuesday night. I mean, you talked about this with Luke Owen on a, on a, on a podcast a couple of weeks back, but these, these have got to go on to different nights. They've got to go on to different nights at this point. I honestly think it would make my life easier because <laughs> yesterday... <laughs> 
yesterday was so stressful, like watching, trying to watch AW, NXT, the ACMs. I mean, it was a disaster. It was a disaster <laughs> because at the end of the day, I had to go back and rewatch something that I had already seen because I didn't get to pay that much attention. And so I just, I don't like watching multiple things at the same time. No, it's not for me. But, you know, a, a, another great week for wrestling. Um, really excited about this uh, NXT, uh, this, this gauntlet thing. They've got this gauntlet elimination. I think that's going to be a really, really fun little gimmick. And I thought that AEW was a killer show uh, this week. I thought it was a really, really great show. But yet my hope is that that uh, USA Network will look at these numbers and be like, you know what? Let's just move it to Tuesday nights. So just put it onto Tuesday and... Like you say, God, my life will be so much easier. My life will be so like, and this kind of, this channel's life will be so much easier. <laughs> Think about us, WWE. Think about the difficulty that we have trying to cover your product. Exactly. Uh, Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right, let's dive into the mailbag then. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community tab. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Bad at my job, like Luke Owen was. And if you are one of our five pound and a sorry, five dollar and above backers, uh, you get our all-in podcast that we just did. Uh, me and Mr. Davis for three and a half hours talked about all in. And fun fact for you, the first hour is just talking about the Wrestling Observer newsletter from the time of the of its release. We dive into all of the numbers, all of the statistics, how the show came together, all the backstage news and the backstage reports from it. Oh, it was so much fun to revisit. Also, it was my first time seeing that show. Wow. Yeah. Sounds good. I know. I was on my honeymoon when it was on, so I didn't see it. Uh, by the time I got back, I, had, I there was too much stuff for me to do, you know, which is actually the same story that Luke had. And um, I've only ever seen one match. I've only ever seen um, Kenny Omega versus Penta. So, like, I'd never seen the whole show. So it was actually really nice last Monday to sit down and watch the show from start to end. You know what? Believe it or not, you got to have a life outside just watching wrestling. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. So let's dive into the mailbag. Robert Ray says, my question is, uh, while Vince is still in charge, do you ever think we'll get a big four pay-per-view in the UK again? Or is it best we can hope for a super showdown like Australia got a few years ago? I've got a feeling that Vince considers SummerSlam 92 a failure, and that's why the UK never got a big pay-per-view again. As someone who was born in 1996, I never got a chance to go to a WWE pay-per-view. And I have since been to NXT. Uh, I have ho- I have ha- I have hope since NXT. Oh, sorry. I have hope since NXT did a takeover show in London a few years back, which I missed due to being ill. Leads me to think that Triple H would be open to doing it uh, um, since he had the takeover from Vince. would be intrigued to know what Denise thought about someone not living in the UK. Do you think the UK is due a big four pay-per-view again? First of all, I feel very privileged (laughs) that I don't have to worry about this. But honestly, there's no reason why they can't hold a big pay-per-view there at all, especially because now times have changed. You know, we have the network. I mean, they yeah, they did a glorified house show in Saudi Arabia. But even then, I think if, you know, if built right, people will actually go and check it out. And then with SummerSlam 92, it was pre-taped. No one's going to want to watch a pre-taped uh, pay-per-view. It just doesn't, it just doesn't, you know, mesh well, right? Not mesh well, but people aren't as interested in that. And one of the other things that I was also kind of thinking about too, is that, you know, the, the they, they had the match, uh, British Bulldog, Bret Hart as the main event. And so with that being said, it's like, okay, that match appealed to the audience there for SummerSlam 92. It didn't necessarily appeal to the American audience. So I think that's the fact that it didn't appeal to the American audience. And the fact that people didn't want to watch a pre-taped pay-per-view, I personally think might have led to the numbers not being so great. But again, times are different now. So I think if anything, the show would feel even much more grander because the audience would be completely hot for it. People would be exciting. And I think that they can definitely make it work. I think they can make it work. I mean, you know, I am a Brit. 
So uh, I am from the UK. I'm from England. So uh, we hold a SummerSlam 92 is a very special place in our hearts. Like we have held on to this now for the last you know, 28 years. It's just like, it's the greatest SummerSlam ever uh, because it was here. You know, it sold out Wembley Stadium. It was a huge, huge show, British Bulldog. But like it was part of a very smart plan. It, you know, it was there to, for the, the British um, invasion they were essentially doing because they had the deal with Sky and they were looking to do the British expansion over here. So I thought it, it was a really, really interesting show in history. Uh, in terms of you know the way the history looks at it uh but it's yeah i don't know if we'll ever get another big four here because like as you say like it's because of the time difference they can't air it live the same way they do over in the u.s therefore they have to do it on a tape delay or something like that and in the age of social media where results are going to get out and uh, and this uh the other i can't see them doing a big four i can see them doing a a a network special they actually did say they were going to do a network special here they, they sold tickets for it i know because i went uh, <laughs> but then they did, but then they did the draft splits like they did the draft split so we just got like a raw house show and like i paid a lot of money for this ticket to just go and see a really bad raw house show and it sucked and i hated it i was so resentful of going to that show it was supposed to be a big show denise and it bloody wasn't that's really messed up they swerved you <laughs> They did swerve me, and I was really annoyed about it. Um, Ket uh, says, "What's up, Wrestle Talk? Is there any Undertaker match at WrestleMania that you think is underrated?" Underrated? Um, maybe his first match with Kane, WrestleMania fourteen. I feel maybe that one would be underrated because it was the first time that they had wrestled, and. They, you know, he did the, the the dive, which was really cool. That was a really great moment. But they had a really good build up to this match, and it actually delivered. Like it wasn't bad whatsoever. But I don't feel that it gets as much love as maybe some of the other ones. I'm gonna go around the same period. I'm gonna go with his first match against Triple H at WrestleMania X Seven. Like I, that's think my favorite Undertaker like main yeah. WrestleMania match. But it's, it never gets brought up because he had the two other Mania matches, you know, like the, the Hell in the Cell and, and the, uh, the singles match. And I think everyone always looks out. Granted, it's probably because WWE did tell us those are the only two WrestleMania matches that Undertaker and Triple H had. Where I was like, no, they, they definitely wrestled at, at X7. I've seen that one. No, 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 no. This is the first time. So, But I think it kind of gets lost in the annals of history. But I think that match at Mania X7 is awesome. It's got a really goofy finish, but I, I really love that match. That's one of the matches where I think I really became like an even bigger Triple H fan. And I've always been a Triple H fan. Like I've, that's just been like always one of my favorite wrestlers. But I like when I think back as to some of the matches that made me be a Triple H fan, I think that was definitely one of them. Chris Duncan says, now that Mandy Rose has been drafted to Raw, do you think that heavy machinery will follow? Or do you think they've taken the Mandy Otis storyline as far as they can go and they'll stay on SmackDown? I think that they have taken it as far as they can go. Maybe they might revisit it in a couple of months. We'll get maybe, you know, a little moment between them and everybody will like be like, oh, remember, she was his peach. But I kind of think it's, it. it, it I, I don't think they're intending it to go any further. I think it was just around to give us a couple of LOLs. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and you know, I got some LOLs out of that storyline, Denise. I, not I did too. My <laughs> eyes like bulged out when they did their first makeout session. I was like, whoa, there. <laughs> um, I mean, my worry if heavy machinery go over to Raw is that Dolph Ziggler is also on Raw, and I don't want them to just rekindle that storyline with Mandy Rose again. I'm like, that was that was my instant worry. I was like, oh no, they could just do that storyline all over again. And I really don't want them to do that. 
But like I with Otis having the money in the bank lunchbox, it almost feels like he's better suited to be on Raw because like with Roman and the Fiend and Braun as like the Universal Championship picture, Otis does not feel like he's part of that picture. Otis doesn't feel like he's part of anything right now. Yeah, I mean you're you have to like what has he done since winning the 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 briefcase? He's done nothing. The most memorable thing that I can remember, and I don't even remember if it was afterwards, was when they had the pool part, the pool segment where he comes out and that's like literally all I can remember after that. I don't even know. That's terrible. (laughs) Uh, Dwayne the Gronk Johnson says, uh, do you guys have a guilty wrestling pleasure? For me, I really enjoy watching WWE's awful reality shows like Total uh, Total Bellas and Divas and Miz and Mrs. I actually saw a bit of Total Bellas um, we were doing some testing with our editor to do like our new live streaming format. So if people have seen our live streams, we've now got like fancy graphics and stuff and like transitions and whatnot. Uh, and so like, you know, Rich was kind of taking us through all of that. And to, to test it, we all watched the network at the same time to make sure our internet would sort of hold up. So I actually got to watch for the very first time a bit of Tuttle Bellas. And it is a terrible TV show. And I, I, I got like five minutes into it. I was like, I cannot watch any more of this. I've got to put something else on the network. I feel you. I mean, I never actually watched any of the shows. I may have watched like a couple of episodes of Total Divas, but it wasn't because I wanted to. It was just like, oh, it's on. Sure, I'll stick around and watch. But I haven't haven't even seen um, Ms. and Mrs. I haven't seen any of that. Uh, so wait, is that your guilty pleasure, though? It's, it's certainly not my guilty pleasure. No, I just wanted to just tell I, I don't like that show. It was basically just like, it was Nikki and Brie arguing because one of them had left some suitcases in front of the door. And there was like a five minute sequence of them having an argument about it. it <laughs> oh my television. God. That's reality TV for you. I hate like all of those shows. Um, yeah. I don't know what my guilty pleasure is. Maybe my guilty pleasure would probably be like, oh my God, what's my guilty pleasure? Um... Maybe I'm, like you give you have one you can go I'm, for I, it. I, I, I'm gonna say like it's it's WCW 2000 like 99 2000 when the wheels really fell off the wagon of that show and like week in week out Nitro was just like bad and it was like oh my god how how are you getting worse how is this show getting worse and worse particularly in 2000. <laughs> But it like, I think from a sort of like a history point of view, it's quite fun to watch this little car wreck happen in front of you, like this very, very slow moving year long car car crash. <laughs> so I think maybe that's my my wrestling guilty pleasure because I shouldn't like it because it killed a company. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you watch it you're like, oh, man, I cannot believe that they had a false count anywhere match, a hardcore false count anywhere match end in a count out. Like, how does this even happen? Like, how does that end up on television? You're like, it's nonsense. So I think for me, it would be like maybe if anybody comes out with like any really weird stipulation, like I will be like, what the heck are they even like? Like, for example, like even an eye for an eye match, like I'll talk all of this like smack, like, oh, I don't like it. But I think that deep down the curiosity is what kind of gets me to be like, you know what? I'm secretly interested. <laughs> not like the serious version of me that takes wrestling serious, maybe not, but the other half of me that's like, you know what? I'm interested <laughs> in what this madness is going to be. Uh, so I think interesting stipulations like that are somewhat my guilty pleasure. But also, I don't know if this is a good answer. A lot of people really hate Goldberg. And I get a, I have a very, like, I'm, I get a kick out of being a Goldberg fan and pissing people off. That's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> like that people literally trash me for that. 
I love it. That's such a good answer. Um, Magnus Bernstrom says, with the G1 starting up this Saturday, who do you hope is going to be the winner? And who uh, is not wrestling in the G1 before? Would you like to see in the tournament? I'd love to see Buddy Murphy, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro in the G1. I think their wrestling styles suit the tournament and the New Japan style of wrestling. Yeah, I, I mean, those three names right there is uh, a great, great shout. Yeah, just loving to see Claudio in a G1 tournament. Someone like a... a owens as well in a g1 tournament where he can just do so much character work with various different people i think would also be really really cool i would say so in terms of winning the g1 i would go with kota ibushi because i mean that he is just so like beyond talented i mean like crazy talented like there's no words to describe his work uh and i think that either in the final i think that he should be the one to go off and i know he won't necessarily take the bout from naito but i do think that you know having him you know like get really hot and you know he's just like such a great worker that i think he would get really over really well in the chase of trying to get the belt from naito so i think he should be the one to win and the finals i think might be kota ibushi versus either uh sonata or maybe kenta from the b block so i don't know in terms of the b block but i a block definitely ibushi and then in terms of someone that would come out in the g1 that hasn't i'm gonna go with hiromu mm-hmm. because yeah. oh yeah yeah i would love to see that and the fact that like we haven't is something that i feel like we need to see I mean, it, people pointed this out, like, when the, the the blocks were announced, it's like, how is Takahashi not in this tournament, but Tai Chi is? Like, how, is, how has this happened? Um, and I, you know, I actually really much, I heavily agree with that as well. Um, if you are interested in the G1, we're going to be covering many, 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 many of the uh, the nights of, of the G1 tournament over on Wrestle2. Uh, Tempest of Quizzlemania fame is going to be hosting uh, live stream reactions to that. Members of the Wrestle team are going to jump in and out of those uh, streams when we can. And we're going to be doing a weekly podcast. Uh, Tempest is going to be doing a weekly podcast reviewing the sort of G1 as the weeks go on as we lead into our uh, Climax final, which I'm really excited about, by the way. I'm also going to echo you with Kota Ibushi. I'm just looking at like the blocks again. God, it's a stacked old block. Like block A is nuts. I renamed block A to block Denise. All right. Because <laughs> every single guy, and I have the list up here, every single, I mean, Ishii is literally my like bread and butter. Like when I see him that he's going to be in a match, I'm like, everybody leave me alone. Just let me focus on what's happening here. And then like, uh, same thing with uh, Will Ospreay, who I love, and then Abushi, who are my favorite. But literally everyone on that list is just like, holy. Yeah. It, you got Abushi, Jeff Cobb, Akada, Ishii, Osprey, Takagai, Suzuki, Jay White, Takashi, and then the odd man out in all of this is Tai Chi. It's like, why is Tai Chi in Block A? But even like Block B is no slouch. You got Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Goto, Yano, Yoshihashi, Naito, Sonada, Zack Saber, Bloody Junior, Kenta, and Evil. Like the Evil Sonada thing in Block b is really really interesting given like you know the, the split of the tag team this year i, I think it's going to be an excellent g1 my under my underdog for this though is zach because i'll always be a lover of zach saber jr he is one of the nicest guys i'm always going to love that man it's not just because he's british but i'm pulling for zach to win all right let me ask you a question are you a more in terms of your fandom and what you prefer to watch in wrestling do you prefer a will osprey or a zach saber jr it, if you had to pick, well, like if the I style. Had to pick, oh, and I have seen those two wrestle like more times than I can count. Like I've, I've, I've seen them have more matches than I've had hot dinners. Um, 
but um, what do I like? Do you know what? I'm, I'm, my instant reaction is to say Osprey. However, I then watch a Zack Sabre Jr. match and I'm like, oh God, it's good. Like, it's so, so great. What I love about Zack Sabre Jr. is that there was a period like British wrestling was always about like, I'm going to show you the hold that I'm doing and how I'm twisting this man's arm. And then that transitioned over the years into just like, I'm going to do this as quickly as possible because it looks cool to me to really like get into this hold. And Zach has gone all the way back to be like, no, 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 watch this man's arm. And now watch as I twist this man's arm and I twist it even further and I twist it in a position it's not supposed to be because the crowd go, oh, oh, ooh. It's, he's amazing. He's great. Yeah, see, I feel like you're leaning more towards Zack Sabre Jr. I feel I like you want to say Will Ospreay, but your heart is saying Zack Sabre Jr. It's just that when I think of like two very contrasting uh, wrestlers, those are the ones that I think of. And I'm like, you either fall into this category or that category. Like, what is your fandom? Like, what is the style that you most connect to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I bloody love those two. Uh, also, um, uh, yeah, Ishii, I've got to work out you with Ishii as well. Good, like. I saw his match with Keith Lee at Rev Pro. I've seen so many Ishii matches. Uh, Royal Quest last year, he was set to have one of the best matches with Kenta before Kenta got the concussion. Ishii is a beast that should be pushed way more in New Japan than he is. Um, yeah. Nick Cavello said, I have to ask you, Mr. Talk, why do you sound so much like Luke Owen? I know you mentioned being a super fan of the channel and him, but it takes a lot of dedication and talent to be able to do a spot-on vocal impression of him. What does your natural voice and accent sound like? Well, Nick, that's because Luke has got a non-regional British accent, and so have I. It's th- it's not that I sound like Luke Owen, I just we just sound like every non-regional British person, unfortunately. I wish I had a I wish I had a good accent. Um, unfortunately, I, I I don't unfortunately. So that's the sad thing. Um, <laughs> Flaming Clive says, excluding Flair and Becky Lynch, who should be the first woman uh, to win a men's title? I think it should be Asuka, as she's faced like people like Tajiri in the past. So you're not allowed Flair and Becky. I mean, Asuka's the obvious answer for this one. I'm afraid. Like I think Asuka winning a, a, a men's singles title is like right up there i mean obviously you know china's the first person china's already done this but i suppose in the modern era yeah i'm gonna go with someone like Asuka. i have to agree with that because if it's not her i can't see it being anyone else if it's not charlotte or becky or even Asuka. but i definitely more so see it with obviously charlotte and becky marcus campbell which wrestling wedding are you most looking forward to johnny bravo and rosemary's or kip and penelope's and on the off chance as uh, something goes wrong as we know wrestling weddings never go wrong what will uh what will interrupt the nuptials uh I, for me personally it's kip and penelope's because my boy miro is involved and i want to see what the best man is gonna do we're gonna have to throw down Mr. Russell talk. It's about to go down because I am polar opposite here. I'm gonna have to go with Johnny Bravo because it's impact wrestling. So you know, it's gonna be wacky as hell. So because of that, I'm gonna go with, with I'm gonna go with that one because uh, they've actually been building more interest. I, I, I think to this wedding than maybe AEW has. And I know you're going to say, well, they introduced Miro. Okay. Yeah. But what else besides Miro makes you care about this wedding? Twitch. That's all I've got. <laughs> you know what? I'll take that answer. It's fair. But I yeah, think no, that I mean, the Johnny Bravo yeah, Rosemary yeah. wedding, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be fun. It will be outside of the box. Oh, totally. I mean, and you're absolutely right. Because Impact are doing such wacky stuff at the moment. And like, they are just like throwing things against the wall and just seeing what works. And actually, it turns out a lot of it's working. So I think that's going to be so much fun. 
But I think it's because I am like, I'm such a, a Miro Mark that I'm just, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. But literally because Miro is involved. Um, Ryan B. Bad said, um, I started thinking about this when we started to get appearances from the like of Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. We know that in the new extension deal, AEW signed, they'll be getting a second show. My question is, do you think this second show should be a partnership with NWA and have it be power, making it a legit second brand similar to the very first WWE brand split felt? Keep dark as it is, but add NWA matches as well. I think that something like this could work out good for both companies as they use each other as a feeder system to get talent over, and you could keep giving us crossover matches that we got with Thunder Rosa and Shida. The other half of my question is, when AEW gets its second show in a bigger roster, would you like to see AEW bring in a lightweight or cruise white title and treat it similar to how wcw did actually pushing the division stars like mysterio Fubi, psychosis etc etc so yeah so the, uh, the first question of this do you think that aw and aw and nwa form a partnership so that the second show does become power um what do you think of that one i'm gonna say no i don't like the idea whatsoever unfortunately i'm gonna sound like a fun sucker potty potty a party pooper um but i'm not a fan of nwa or power i'm not really into the style i'm not really into the studio wrestling it just doesn't it doesn't intrigue me so unfortunately i'm out in that sense uh so given that like i like the talent obviously that are in there but i'm just not particularly crazy about the style so i just feel that there's not really as much benefit for AEW in doing this. And given that Tony Khan already said that the only person that he was looking forward to having on, or not looking forward, but the only person he was thinking about having come on to AEW was going to be Thunder Rosa. So I think, I think that he's probably set on that. So I don't see a collaboration happening. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you because, like, as much as I, you know, got a bit of a kick out of the first episode of Power, which is actually the only one I've ever really seen. I've seen bits and pieces, you know, throughout. But like the studio setting is fun as a as a gimmick and sort of like, you know, to make it feel like, hey, it's, you know, it's the 1970s all over again. That's fun. But if you put that on national television, that's I don't think that's going to draw the, the audience that AEW were kind of looking for uh, that will kind of benefit them in a way, which means then all you're going to get is the NWA talent just doing AEW, which means you, all you're getting is the Raw and SmackDown split, which is that it's not really a brand split. It's just it's the same show, but on different nights and with different people. So yeah, so I I don't I don't know for that one. On the other side of things, adding in a cruiserweight championship or a light heavyweight championship or junior heavyweight championship, I'd imagine they'd call it. I think I mean I'm against adding in new titles because I think after a wild title, like the FT, the, the FTW title doesn't really feel like it means anything at the moment. Tony Khan said they've got plans for it, but it doesn't feel like it means anything at the moment. And you know I think you want to get the TNT title over first before you just start adding in another title like that. I agree with you. And there's no reason why guys like Jungle Boy or Darby Allen, Darby Allen should not be going for the TNT title. There's no, they shouldn't have to bring in an extra belt for these guys. Like, no, have them go for that belt because that's something that would definitely benefit them a lot more. So, yeah, I would not want that. Uh, Frank Patello said, um, since we've had a wide variety of wrestlers with wacky gimmicks, is there a wrestler that you wish you could have seen be more serious? For example, Cornette tells the story of Eugene being one of the best wrestlers in OVW, but hated the way he was portrayed in WWE, and we never got to see the serious Eugene. Um, yeah, a wrestler with a wacky gimmick that you wish you could have taken a bit seriously. Do you know who I, I'm actually going to, and this doesn't, he's not really a wacky gimmick, but I'd really like to see a serious Xavier Woods 
like I'd really like to see a really I mean like Woods got over because like he is this you know very charismatic guy and he is this very fun but I, yeah a serious Woods I think it would be really fun to see I can definitely see that. Um, I think for me, it would probably be, by the way, I used to really love Eugene. <laughs> I was, I was, and then like, I was a lot younger then. So I think I like, liked his character a lot more, but I'm going to go with Santino Morella because I, he had a legit background in, uh, in judo. So if anything, that only tells me that he would have done, you know, pretty great stuff with that. So I would go with Santino Morella. That's a really good answer, actually. Uh, Alex Kirkman, uh, this is a silly question, but I'm deadly serious. So please do think about it and give this a serious answer. In the future, do you think WrestleMania will ever take place on the moon? I know it's stupid, but honestly, can you see it happening? It's worth a discussion. Okay, given that anything can happen in the WWE, you know what? I'm not going to be around in the year 3,000, 4,000. <laughs> I, I hope that we're all still around and I hope wrestling is still a thing and people are still talking about that and we're in the moon. <laughs> it's like a thing. <laughs> then you know what? I can definitely see it happening down the line. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of like my train of thought there. All right. I mean, earlier in this mailbag question, we had we were saying like, I mean, the time difference between the US and the UK is really bad, which means they're not going to do a big four pay over here. What's the time difference between the US and the moon? Like, is, be... is is that even like is that known? Is that even a possibility? I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I'm not even good at math. Doesn't it take like days to get to the moon? I'm not obviously. I'm not an astronaut either. Um, but like, surely, like, would they like do it days? Like, and then we would get it days later but as a live feed. I, I feel uh... that you would need the live feed. What they can do though, because doesn't NASA get a live feed of the moon? Do they? I don't know if they Ooh, do, I, but if they do have the audience, but I think the viewer's question though is with the fans in the moon too, right? Or just WWE yeah. in the moon. I've just Googled NASA live. Um, they Cause do I'm have an thinking official... they can have like the audience at NASA. <laughs> Oh God, I have no idea. I'm just inventing stuff. But I'm, I'm gonna say yes, because if the if the option comes up, Vince will want to do it. Uh, Job and JJ, my question is about Triple H, if he takes over from Vince. Sorry, wait, hold on, hold on. I need to say something because you said Vince and I'm like, wait, we're not gonna be alive, but Vince definitely is. He's gonna outlive us all, Denise, come on now. He can definitely yeah, outlive us all. You're right. You know, billionaires do stuff. So we're, we're getting we're getting commercial flights to the moon. Like it's it's only a matter of time before WrestleMania is there. Okay, you know what? You're right. Vince will outlive us. Jobber <laughs> uh, JJ says, "My question about Triple H: If he takes over from Vince, is he really the savior from the almost sunk ship? Uh, is no, sorry, he'll be better that uh, he's getting his." He is getting his ass kicked on Wednesday nights, especially in the key demos, and the booking has been questionable at times. So do you think he's going to be the savior? I mean, I mean for starters, uh, JJ, I, I would say that WWE is far from a sunk ship at the moment. Like, they've got money out the wazoo. Like, they are absolutely, they are financially fine. Ratings may not be, like, where they once were five years ago, but I still think that the fact that they're making money, that they will be fine. And that's just, that's their new level of normal now for their ratings. Um... But will Triple H be the savior that people think he can be? 
I'm a big Triple H fan, so I'm going to say yes, but here's my smart answer besides just me being a fan, is that I think that Triple H is the kind of person that would, if let's say he didn't know how to go about something, or maybe he didn't have a certain expertise in something, I think that he's the type of person that would seek out whoever had that expertise and surround himself around people that he trusts that could, you know, maybe give him a second set of eyes instead of just having people that are like, yes, sir, yes, sir, we'll do what you want. And then, you know, no one disagrees with your opinions. I don't see that with Triple H. I see him as being someone that's more open-minded. And yeah, maybe things that they might try in the future won't work, but I do think that uh, he would be a lot more open-minded. Yeah, I mean, I think he's already doing that. He's kind of already building his inner circle of guys that he's working with. He's kind of already building his team. So I think you're absolutely right in that he is the sort of guy who would be like, what do you think about this? Like, let's, you know, go over to Jeremy Borash and be like, you, you with your 30 years of, of experience, what do you think about this? You know, going over to Shawn Michaels and being like, what do you think about this? I, I think there would be a much more collaborative process, only internally, as opposed to, you know, because Vince is the be all and end all of just like he shows up to a show two hours before it airs and be like, I'm tearing up the script and I'm writing it myself. I think Triple H will be more hands on with that and will work with the writers throughout the week so that Raw makes sense by the time it gets there, as opposed to being rewritten hours before the show airs that's what i'd like to think anyway um yeah callum says when chris jericho retires uh what should be his last match would you have him as a heel or a face for me it should be against sammy guevara putting over a uh so he can put over a young star and then go into the main event as a top heel and jericho should be a face so we can actually cheer him in aew okay so given like we were just talking about aging and all of that I don't see Chris Jericho retiring anytime soon, especially the way that he's working right now. I feel like he still has got a good 10, 15, 20 years, however long he chooses to go. So I think that the person that he retires against right now isn't probably even in wrestling school yet. I definitely think obviously it's going to have to be a young guy that he puts over with Jericho as a heel. But whoever his retiree person is, I don't even think they're in wrestling right now because that's how far out I think he's going to be in this business for. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And actually, I'm going to give a much lamer answer because like, Callum has got really the, the, the smart answer here, which is you put over the younger talent. You said it as well. You bring in a new star that's not even in wrestling school yet, and you put that person over. But I'm an, I'm an old curmudgeonly man, so I'm going to say it's Lance Storm. He's going to have his last match against Lance Storm. He had his first match against him. He'll have his last match against him, and they'll go out on a high, and I think they'll be able to do it brilliantly. Um, and lastly, I know, uh, penultimately rather, Matthew Makovsky says, this is my very first mailbag question. So I'm very excited. Thank you very much, Matthew. Um, I love the fantasy booking. So I want to ask, Adam said his favorite match of all time is Brian versus Lesnar, which I consider to be a David versus Goliath match. I'm curious, what David versus Goliath match uh, where the monstrous man faces a much smaller, amazing star uh, is your favorite? Could be any brand in WWE. Uh, my match, or actually, you know, or fantasy booking, my match would be Keith Lee versus AJ Styles or maybe Brock Lesnar versus Nakamura and Cesaro. So, okay, the question is our favorite, uh, okay. Oh, oh uh, like, your, like your dream David versus Goliath match. Oh, so not one that's already happened, like a mm -hmm. dream one. Okay, honestly, anybody versus Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Like any big guy, I don't know if I have like a specific big guy, but anybody versus Rey Mysterio is my answer. Keith Lee versus Mysterio would be a lot of fun. That'd be really, really good. And they're on the same brand, so we can make that happen. You just um, see Ray fly. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, mine is a match that we should have had. I mean, we and we technically did get it, but not the way that I wanted it to be, which is Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. Like, I think that Ricochet is great around big guys, and Brock Lesnar is brilliant around smaller guys, and I think that he knows how to work those matches really smartly, but they just booked Ricochet to just get completely squashed by him. I'd like to see a competitive match between Lesnar and Ricochet. I think that would be so, so awesome. But that's what I was going to... I was actually going to say, correction, he could have a great match if he likes the guy and is willing to give him a great match. You know, oh, God, when it was his WrestleMania match in Dallas for... Uh, against Dean Ambrose you know that was my fit that was the match I was most looking forward to on the card and boy did yeah that all yeah, went downhill um, same here dude like I was <laughs> so ready for that match I was like you know what the booking has sucked leading into this it's been dumb 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 but I don't care this is Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar and that match sucked yes um, uh, Matthew continues, uh, the other thing I'm curious about is uh, the matches for TakeOver taking place on October 4th. Uh, and if you've got any predictions for full gear. All right. So for TakeOver, I don't think I have any predictions. But for full gear, I'm going to go with two options. So I'm thinking either Omega Moxley. Sort of, I know they did it last year, but it could sort of be like a throwback. Like, okay, we're back to this. Like, I think that would be kind of cool. Or given Pac's situation, because I don't know what his travel situation dilemma is right now, but it, let's say all that's cleared away. I think Pac Moxley might be a good option as well. I'm actually going to go with um, uh, Moxley Omega as well. I, and I really, because like Omega is telling the storyline, he's going back into the singles division. And I think you can really play off the fact that it is one year that they had their full gear match, which was unsanctioned. So now they can have a sanctioned match. And this time it's for the title. I, um, yeah, I can, I'd really like to see that. I think that'd be really, really great. As for TakeOver, I think it could be Ballard Champa. I, I I really do think we could get that. Uh, the, uh, to be honest, the one thing I'm hoping for for Takeover is that Kushida gets on the card because, because Kushida has been signed with NXT since April 2019 and has not had a Takeover match yet. How has that happened? How has that happened? I don't have any. I don't have any rhyme or reasoning as to why. Uh, and lastly, from Chris Gardner, um, what has been the best segment from WWE pay-per-view where the crowd have taken over? For example, after WrestleMania 33, where they booed Roman for 146 hours and we and he just stood there and smiled. Um, and after WrestleMania 34, when Rollins won the IC title, it's always great to see wrestlers interact with the hot crowd and the noise they make. Uh, feels makes everything feel bigger to me. Thanks, Chris Gardner. Um, this is a, I am. Um, I think it's anything to do with Daniel Bryan stuff really was when they were just like chanting for Daniel Bryan during Matt, during segments where they didn't really want it to happen or when they were really behind Zack Ryder and they were chanting for Ryder during segments where they didn't want him on the show. I can't think of a specific one though. Actually, no, do you know what? I have got one. Do you remember when Owens and Elias, I don't know where they were, but they made some reference to their local sports team and their crowd went nuclear. Why do I feel like that usually happens in LA? But that may just be me. It might not have happened in LA, but so much of that always happens at the LA shows where like they always come up with like a Lakers joke or something. But it kind of happens at like every show because it's like the easiest way to get some cheap heat. So it was, uh, um, it was, yeah, I just Googled it. It was Seattle. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, that was my favorite one because like that, the heat they got was so much that they had to effectively stop the segments they were doing, bring the lights up to address the fact that this crowd were going absolutely nuclear <laughs> because they made a joke about, I'm going to say football, but it might've been baseball. Oh man. Uh, I think mine would probably, probably be Rock Hogan, WrestleMania 18, where the crowd essentially like, completely went bananas for Hogan and just did not, you know, it's the rock and they necessarily didn't have the greatest reaction for the rock. And I think even cause, okay. So wrestling games, he was Toronto, but then the night after they did Montreal and there, I think it got to the point where they were even booing the rock. And even so I think afterwards, it wasn't until Hogan was like, Hey, uh, the rock's good. Like, He's good. And then people eventually started, you know, cheering for him again. But it got to the point where I was like, you know, what's going to happen here with The Rock? Um, so I'm going to go with that one because I think the crowd yeah. just completely turned on Rock and we're just like, Hogan, he's a legend. He's the baby face, biggest baby face on the planet, whatever. It totally it was like it was hogan was back in the wwf and like it turned out that there were all of these wwf fans that weren't watching wcw and were just excited to see hogan was back in ww wwf and like they were like i don't care if he's part of the nwo i don't care if he's running over the rock it's hogan so like when they're in toronto and this toronto crowd is like cheering him as this ultimate baby face to the point where like they had to completely change everything like you know they, yes like, told the story that like for raw the following night he didn't have his like red and uh, his red and yellow gear so they had to get the red and yellow gear like shipped over to them so that he could wear that for the following night because they were like oh it turns out hogan's a baby face uh and and the rock is not the baby face in this storyline <laughs> it's it's crazy like looking like thinking about how things have gone now like i i don't i don't know if that would have necessarily happened in 2020 but you know what <laughs> wrestlemania 18 it worked out and i thought that was a pretty interesting moment Denise, I need to talk to you about Kit Kats because you oh. on your Fightful show said that you're not a fan of Kit Kats. Uh, you are, although I do agree with you. I think Whispers are ace. Um, is it Whisper that you said you no, were? No, Milky Way. I don't know. What Milky are Whispers? Way. I've oh, never that, heard of Whispers. That, that's what I was going to ask because, you know, you had this discussion with Luke about this UK food package that you'd got, which was definitely absolutely 100% not like UK based stuff. And we were going to send you across a care package of stuff you can only get here. And that was going to be one of my questions is, do you get whispers over there? No. I think Milky Ways are nice. But come on, man. Kit Kats are great. You just don't like the wafer? No, I don't like it. It grosses me out. Like when I bite it and I'm like, Ugh. like I just make that like, it doesn't please me. A candy should please you. And Kit Kat does not do it for me. So if I ever get like a candy bag at a birthday party or Halloween trick-or-treating, I look at my pumpkin, like I'll go around and swap candies i'll be like who wants the, who wants the kit kats and you know what i do love though and i always swap my kit kats for because nobody loves this chocolate i forgot to mention this on the podcast tootsie rolls tootsie rolls are heaven and nobody likes them and i swap them all the time with people i tootsie roll is the only i've only ever heard of it because it's been mentioned in films we don't get them uh here in the uk so i have no, no idea what a tootsie roll is like i was going to ask you on the subject of kit kats do you get the variations of kit kats do you get the chunky ones i just got the regular kind i didn't even realize oh, there was chunky ones dude like they're so big like there's massive versions it's basically just like one bar of kit kat but it's oh chunky. you know what 
I think I have seen that, but because it's Kit Kat, I don't even bother to look any further. <laughs> but you know what I do like to get though? With during Easter time, the Reese's Pieces egg. Yes. That one. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. And I also love the Reese's Pieces buttercups, but the white chocolate version. Oh, because I love white chocolate. Like I'm the person that could just get like a ball of white chocolate by itself and just like eat it like that because it's it's so good. But Kit Kats oh, yeah. are horrible. <laughs> I love They're them. horrible. I, What's I your favorite, my favorite though? My favorite chocolate bar. What's my favorite chocolate bar? Okay. So uh there's a it's a Cadbury's one called a boost. Um a boost? Which, yeah, so it's got caramel in it and like little bits of biscuits. Um and it's it's absolutely delicious. That or a double decker, which is it's also a Cadbury one. Uh I'm gonna see if I can find I was gonna say I haven't heard of any of these. I was expecting like a Hershey's, a Snickers. Oh oh, god, no, Hershey's disgusting. Like Hershey kisses, like they are gross. They taste like feet. (laughs) Hershey's kisses taste like feet. Oh, they're gross. They're so disgusting. No, yeah, they're so good. No, Denise, they're disgusting, man. I would risk all of my teeth just for Hershey's kisses. (laughs) I, I just like throw them in there because they're so good. And like Hershey's almonds is everything. Oh no. I, oh, I I'm a Hershey's girl. Hershey's over Kit Kat. Right, there was <laughs> that's the new hashtag. <laughs> there was like there was a running trend that um in the offices that I worked in over the years where like someone would come back from America and they'd bring back American treats and stuff, and we'd all be like, Oh, look at there's some American treats. Everyone would always bring back Hershey's kisses. And I've never been in an office that liked them. Every single person who eats them is like, This is disgusting. It's absolutely foul. I've never met a single person who is not American who likes Hershey's kisses. So maybe it's like a UK thing because Hershey's are, kisses are amazing. And they even do like for Valentine's, you can get like the pink and the white and they mesh the colors and it's so pretty. And they even have the swirl. The swirl is really great. Oh my God. Like I will fight somebody for Hershey's kisses. <laughs> I'll be like, give me your Hershey's kisses. I'll eat them all. Because we only got, we really only got Reese's Buttercups here in the last five to ten years i want to say like they really made an impact here in the uk um like they, they come in the little three pack and they are delightful you get the three pack oh yeah yeah we get the three packs you guys only get two right we only get two and then there's the king size which i think is four but it's either the two or the four there's no three pack for us at least not no. that i know of we but we do get more options though because we get like the reese's pieces like the little tiny tiny ones which yeah, are really good them- the M&M ones, yeah. Yes, those. And then we get the, the egg and then the actual, like, the little cup. So I guess mm-hmm. we have options, but I don't get the three one. Yeah, no. Oh, the, the three one's awkward because if you buy it, like, when me and my wife would get one, it's like, well, who does the third go to? Because <laughs> I get one, you get one. It's not easy to snap in half, Denise. Come on. It's, 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 it's <laughs> That's not like true. Easy, not a clean break. It's not like a Kit Kat break. Kit Kats you can easily break. Yeah, break them and put them in the trash because they're awful, (laughs) honestly. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Reese's is better. Like, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind cutting it in half and sharing. And even their commercials. When I see their commercials, I'm like, oh, God, that's the only thing that I can see in a commercial and be like, God, I wish I was at the store right now buying a Reese's Pieces. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put a call out to to our UK viewers, uh, UK listeners, rather, to send in their favorite, like, British snacks so that we can get together this care package to send across to you. Because I was thinking, like, because, like, okay, so... 
crisps in terms like monster munch do you guys get monster munch no i don't know what that oh, is okay. but it sounds it's, like is it cheese puffs because it sounds like cheese puffs they're kind of they're like puffy but they're pickled onion flavor oh pickled <laughs> onion <laughs> i don't do pickled onion but you know what hey i'm willing to try i'm a sport i'll, I'll try Absolutely. So support at WrestleTalk.com. Send us in your favorite uh, UK only uh, snacks. So we can send Denise a proper, proper UK uh, delivery of snacks that you can do as an unboxing video on Instant Culture. Um, Denise, uh, what do you got planned for the weekend before I let you go? Um, okay. Um, let me think tomorrow, Friday, I'll be editing all day and then watching SmackDown. And then uh, Saturday, I will be probably editing all day too. And then Sunday, I will be, I'm like, look at what's going on. Sunday, I don't have anything planned. Uh, so that'll kind of be like my re relaxation day. I do want to watch uh, Ratchet or Ratched. I think it's Ratched on Netflix with Sarah Paulson. It's like oh, this yes, new hey. series. Yeah, the spinoff from uh, One Floor for the Cookie's Nest. Yeah, so I do want to watch that. And then kind of, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit behind right now in some TV shows that I need to catch up on. So I need to see what's new and, you know, just start watching stuff because I, I fell behind like last month. I don't think I watched as many shows as I normally do. Oh, dude, like I really need to watch The Mandalorian because they now released the trailer for the second series and I've not even seen the first one yet. So like, I need to I need to get onto that before I see the trailer and it starts spoiling things for me. Like, it's That's already, true. It's bad enough that I know that Sasha Banks is in it. Like I need to I need to catch up on The Mandalorian at some point. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, sounds good. But anyway, Denise, where can people find you on the old social medias? Plug it one more time. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo and then YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. You did that way better this time than you did in the YouTube version of this, which you completely <laughs> tripped over. Oh my God. I was like, duh, duh, who? Like, I don't even know my own name. YouTube is what now? I I, I was speaking nonsense. Like people are going to see that and be like, really? She's, she's a host. She's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to put that on my reel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well thank you all so much for listening uh, we'll be back tomorrow Pete and Randy will be doing the Smackdown review uh, and on Monday uh, we'll be getting the first bit of our G1 coverage with uh, Tempest which I'm really really looking forward to but until then thank you all so much for listening take care I love you goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 